Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and with me our basketball expert Diogo Valente. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know man, what are we talking about today? Today it's time to preview the round six of the EuroLeague that will be taking place on Thursday and Friday this week. We will leave the recap of the game that uh, from round two that was played yesterday between Milano and Maccabi. We will leave that to to do it together with the second day of the this round six recap that will be coming out in the beginning of uh, next week. This round we will have eight games being played. The game between Maccabi and Real Madrid is suspended and it will be played in some other date that hasn't been defined yet. We know that uh, Maccabi for now will be playing their home games in Belgrade uh, moving forward and uh, they made some readjustments on the schedule. The, as soon as uh, their games are played, we will be bringing their recaps together with recaps of the, the rounds that are played on the, any given week where they, they play these games that uh, have been suspended. We will get to it and we will start with the game between Red Star and uh, Bayern. These are two teams that uh, we had ranked uh, somewhat close, but we had higher expectations for Red Star because they had more proven players and a deeper roster. But they are having a very, very rough start to the season with uh, a one win and four losses record, and they have lost their previous four games. Playing at home against a competitive team like Bayern, but they should at the very least be at the same level talent-wise. I would say that Red Star has, in this game, a very good opportunity to bounce back. How do you see them doing that? Yeah, first of all, uh, I totally agree with you. I do think they have the opportunity here to to get a win and to try to bounce back from the season they're having. Um, Nedovic, uh, I think, is still injured, so I think that's a big loss for them because he gave them he he can give them a big boost scoring wise off the bench, so obviously that's a that's a bad thing for them. But I do think they have the talent to win this game, and I'm looking for the the wings here to to make a difference. A guy like Rokas Gedraitis, because uh, we know Bayern plays three guard lineups a lot, so uh, I think the the wings for Red Star need to be on point and, and they need to make a difference on this game. But as far as Bayern goes, obviously the guards always have to play at a high level because they have a lot of them and they depend a lot on, on their creation and their shot ability. Uh, and then the bigs, uh, Ibaka and Devin Booker, they, they need to be strong on the boards as well because Red Star is a team that at home, they they get motivated, they, they go after every ball. So we already know how they are playing in, in Serbia. So I, I think this is a game that can go either way. Uh, I think both teams are, are pretty close in, in terms of talent and in terms of what, what it is their ability to win games. But uh, I think, obviously, Restar has the advantage here because playing at home in that environment, that could be a, a great motivation for them. So uh, I think Restar is the favorite, but it should be a, a great game overall. For Real, for uh, Bayern Munich, uh, the rebounding battle will be one of the crucial aspects of this game. Uh Red Star has been a team that has been struggling on the boards and Bayern has an advantage there heading to this game. The ability of Red Star to match that aspect of the game will help them. But for me, it comes down to I don't think that Bayern has the, the firepower to keep up with this Red Star team, especially with the game playing in Belgrade. And yeah, like and I said, especially, it's a game. And especially with the way Bayern's been shooting the last few games because 
Yeah. That that ain't it. So if they can address that, then maybe they have a chance. But yeah. if they don't, it's going to be tough. They are a more volatile uh, team on that uh, yeah. end of the court. And uh, th while they have the talent and uh, in any given game, they can play at that level and match up with Red Star offensively and score as many points as Red Star can. Uh, in average, and uh, taking into account how those, both of these teams have been playing and what they have been showing, I just think that... Uh, Red Star will be able to do enough defensively to keep up with Bayern, while uh, I don't think that Bayern has the firepower to to be able to keep up with Red Star, and it comes down to that. I, I think we will see uh, Red Star progressing in a positive way, and um, while I'm a big admirer of coach Ivanovic, I think that th this change will be positive for them because they just needed to to look into a, a different way and to play in a different way than what they were doing to, uh, so far. And sometimes it's a matter of fit more than of quality. And I think that can be the case here. And I expect Red Star to start playing better. And this will be really a very good game for them to to bounce back from this uh, bad start to the season and to, to start performing at uh, uh, a higher level. And they have here at home a very good chance to do so. Let's move into the second game, and uh, this is a, a rematch from the playoffs of the last edition of the EuroLeague, the game between Fenerbahce and Olympiacos, and I think we are into a very competitive game. Fenerbahce uh, comes into this game with four wins and one losses, Olympiacos with three wins and two losses. We saw a rough start for Fenerbahce, but they seem to have found their rhythm, and especially offensively, and I think that's their advantage heading into this match what about you yeah i think that on this game the team who is more efficient and consistent offensively is going to win because uh, both of them can play defense at a very high level especially olympiakos but fenerbahce has big bodies and they have big wings who can really create problems on the defensive end so uh, whoever is more efficient offensively and i do think fenerbahce has the better weapons for that uh, i think it's going to be the favorite two in this game uh, I'm leaning Fenerbahce because obviously Olympiacos has a lot of injuries and, and they still need to work on a lot of stuff offensively. Uh, I just think Fenerbahce is more prepared to win this game at this moment. So I think Fenerbahce has a, a big chance here to get a big win and, and to be and to stay on, on the that top tier on the standings. While for Olympiacos, this is a, a very important game too because they have some losses already. So they, they need to try to figure it out quick, especially offensively because... Otherwise, it's going to be a big gap between them and the top teams. While we are both leaning in the same direction and we see this game unrolling in a, in a similar way, the way that uh, Olympiacos can take over this game and uh, dominate this game is while Fenerbahce has size across the positions, I think that Olympiacos big men can have an advantage on this specific matchup. And if they are able to impose themselves, that's something that Olympiacos can explore to keep generating uh, offense and to keep generating, to keep their game flowing in the way that they want to. But for me, the, the key for Olympiacos to have uh, a chance to, to win this game, and they certainly have a chance to win this game, but for me, the way that they can do it. We spoke sometimes about uh, the, how reliable the point guard position is for Fenerbahce. And we yeah. know how good Olympiacos is defensively and how disruptive they can be. 
if they are able to cause turnovers from uh, Fenerbahce and the ability of Fenerbahce to take care of the ball and to not turn over the ball, while for, for Olympiago side, the ability for them to cause steals and to cause turnovers from Fenerbahce will be the way that I see Olympiacos being able to, to be competitive and to, to get themselves into the game and make this a, a close and a very competitive game. Yeah, Let's... you're, you're right ahead. on that. And I, I don't know if Yamadar is going to be playing, so... That's a, a, a even bigger issue there for for Fenerbahce. So definitely, Olympiacos can if they can put the pressure on the point guards, it, it, they can cause a, a lot of troubles to Fenerbahce for sure. Yeah, and while the Fenerbahce roster seems to be in a, a better place right now, I, I I see that as being the way that Olympiacos can go into Istanbul and make this a very competitive game. Yeah. The next game is between Jalgiris and Asvel. Uh, we know that Jalgiris will certainly want to bounce back from their loss against uh, Valencia at home. And uh, w- with them playing at home this game against Asvel, I think this is the, the perfect spot for them to, to do so. Do you think that uh, we will see many improvements from Asvel in this game? Well, I think we'll see improvements. Uh, I I believe they have a, a legit chance to, to win this game because... Uh, I've said this before. Uh, I don't think, uh, in terms of talent, uh, Zalgiris has enough to, to be a high-level team. And, and if you look at both both rosters, I might say Asvel has a little bit more talent. So I think that with Coach Poseco now, um, hopefully they start playing better. We've seen some good moments in the last week against um, Virdus. So I do think they have a chance to win this game. Uh, I'm expecting the their offense to be good. I, I know... Zalgir is, is usually a, a very tough team to beat uh, when they're playing in counters. But uh, I think Aswell has a shot. And that's just because Zalgir, is, they haven't shown me enough for, for me to, to consider them favorites in, in a matchup, in whatever matchup it is. Because I just think Aswell has the talent and they have the, the chance. We just need to see them play better, of course. So Zalgir is the, is the favorite, no doubt about that. But uh, I see Aswell having a, a legit chance here. Not only because of the size with, with Laverne, uh, with Fall, but obviously they have Nando and they have some good players around on the wings. Uh, I, I don't know if TLC is playing this week. I, I hope so, because I do think they can cause a lot of troubles to Zagiris. I I obviously agree that players like Frank Jackson, Nando Colo, uh, Laverne, TLC, uh, they might have be up there as individual talents, but uh, I wouldn't totally agree with uh, them being better players than Keenan Evans and even Roland Schmitz that uh, I think have been playing at a higher level. And are, yeah, I'm they just are just o- able overall, to I'm right now impact talent. the yeah. game at uh, a higher level than uh, those players. But uh, at the same time... Uh, for me, the key of this game is like I don't think that Asphalt has the ability to stop the driving game from uh, from uh, Jalgiris, and when Jalgiris is able to impose their driving game and to 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 make their offense flow through the drives of some of their best players, they really are able to to get themselves into the game and to impose their game style into the game, and I think that's where their advantage advantage is in the, this specific matchup against Asvel, and that's how I expect them to be able to to have the advantage and the favoritism heading into this game, and of course we know that uh, their home court advantage is a real one, and it's a, a competitive advantage, and after losing for uh, Valencia and losing 
in a considerable manner, I think that they will want to bounce back. But I do agree that uh, with you, and I expect to see improvements from the, the Asphalt uh, team moving forward. And I wouldn't put it besides them to be able to go there and to and to win this game, especially if they are able to all of these individual talents that uh, can be seen as uh, having the potential to be top talents within the EuroLeague. I can see them uh, starting to play better and make this a competitive game. And uh, we know that in competitive games, Usually, the team that has the the best players can go and uh, and win those matchups. So, this can be a very entertaining game. I think that uh, Jalgiris at the moment has the advantage. But uh, if we see a big steps forward from Asphalt, this game can can become very intriguing. Yeah, I was just saying, like in terms of overall talent, uh, I think Asphalt might have enough as far as individually, the the players mm-hmm. individually uh, as a whole, but. Um, I think they can match up with, with Zalgiri's small ball lineup. They have Mike Scott, who is a guy who can play big, being a, a three-four. He can play the five if needed. So uh, I think they have the, a chance here to to really match up nicely with Zalgiri's, and I think it's going to be a, an interesting game for sure. Yeah, and that's absolutely what we want to see from Asphalt to be able to to just do more with the 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 roster the that talent, they have, yeah, exactly, exactly, and the talent that they have, and just put players in the right position to succeed. That's absolutely on point. Next, we have a game between the sensation of the EuroLeague Valencia and uh, Alba that uh, got their first win in the competition on the the last round. I don't think there is a way around this, and uh, I think that Valencia. Uh, if they are able to keep up the defensive performance that they are having, this will be a very, very hard night for Alba. Don't you agree? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Valencia's aggressiveness on the defensive end uh, can definitely cause a lot of troubles to Alba team because their ball handlers mostly are, are young guys uh, in Spagnolo or Procida. Uh, they have a lot of young guys handling the ball and that could be uh, a problem there. I think Sterling Brown is going to be very important on, on this game because he has the ability to help those guys in that aspect and maybe um, have some of the ball handling duties for, for just for the young guys to not be as pressured as they should. Uh, but I definitely think Valencia is the favorite here. They, they play great defense. They've been playing at a very high level, and I expect that to continue. Um, Alba has, again, they've been playing better. They have a, a nice play style. They just got, got a big win over Milano. Uh, the bigs are consistent, but Valencia also has big bodies. So I don't think Alba is going to be able to affect Valencia with the with the size that they have. So I expect Valencia to win this game comfortably. Yeah, this is one of those games. I'm agreeing with you on, on all of your <laughs> breakdown. It's For me, it's one of those games that it will come down to the team that is able to take better care of the ball will just win it and have an easier game ahead. And the way that Valencia is playing defense, I think it will just make it very, very hard for Alba to, to beat that team. And I think we can expect to see some mistakes from, from Alba. If Alba is able to overcome that and uh, we see a very good game from uh, from their players on the on that aspect, I think that uh, they can have a chance. And we know it is Alba team. They can win any team in any given night. It uh, just comes down to, to be the right night. Uh, I just don't think that right now Valencia is giving good nights to, to anyone and to any team. <laughs> at and all, I think, at all. Exactly. And I think that uh, this game will be a very, very hard one for Alba because of that. Next, we have a, a game between Milano and Monaco and we need to have a serious conversation here, Duke. 
Who's the, the best problem? player on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's that's a good one, and uh, I don't think I'm prepared to answer to that one because it'll be a hell of a game in that aspect. But what's the problem with this Milano team? It's tough. I mean, if I if I say they they lack talent, I mean I can't say that. But I, I yeah. think as far as the the backcourt and, and the outside players, I think they need to be a lot better and, and especially more consistent because uh, Pengush uh, has kind of been up and down. Uh, Maudolo just came back from injury now. Billy Barron stays uh, injured. Uh, Devon Hall hasn't really made a, a big impact. And they have Shields, who's also been inconsistent. So th- there, are, there really hasn't been nobody playing in a consistent manner as far as playing at a high level outside of Miritich. He, he's been the only one. And so I think it's tough. I mean, I do think they need some, some scorer uh, for the backcourt. Uh, Low can be that guy at times, but he's not going to do it every game. Uh, so I, I think that's it. I, I think they need a, a scoring guard. Uh, Kendrick Nunn went to Panathinaikos. Maybe it would have been nice if you were <laughs> if you went to Milano. Uh, but I do think they need somebody else who can score the ball at a consistent level because for now it, it has only been Miritich and they're not going to win many games if that's their only option. Yeah, it has been... Quite of a sight to see Mirotic and even Shields playing at such a high level. And uh, with a team that has... It, I, I also think that they need to improve their backcourt, but I don't, need, I don't know if they need other players or if they just need the players that they have to play better. Because they have options. They have good options. Yeah, they have good yeah. players in all the positions. They just need to find ways to impose themselves and to impose the talent that they have. They have been allowing 81.8 points per game and scoring 78 points per game. And you have seen, we have been seeing Mirotic and Shields uh, combining for 50 points in some games. And (laughs) these numbers just don't seem uh, right. And they are not letting their game flow and play in the way that they can play. They are very dependent on their best players to to do the work. And either they need to be more cohesive defensively and to be able to impose themselves even more on that side of the the court, or they just need to play more as a a unit and make the most of the talent that they have. I don't know if that will come with a new player. I don't know if that will come with uh, just an overall improvement, an internal overall improvement. But uh, this Milano team has been having one of the most disappointing starts of the, the EuroLeague. And I was trying to fly by all the teams that are playing the EuroLeague. And uh, I think that them, uh, FS and Red Star have been the, the three teams that have been somewhat disappointing on the, the way that they started this uh, EuroLeague season. And uh, this is a game where if they want to bounce back, they certainly... That certainly will be doing wonders for them, but this will be an extremely hard game against a Monaco team that uh, after a slow start of their own, they the last three games, they have been just dominant. What do you expect to be the, the keys for this matchup between Milano and Monaco? All I know is Jordan Lloyd is back. So. <laughs> and he looked very good on their domestic game. Yeah, I mean, Monaco is healthy now, so this is going to be a very tough game for Milano. If if Milano's backcourt hasn't been good offensively, well, defensively they definitely need to play their best game possible here, because right. with the way Mike James has been playing, with Jordan Lloyd back, with Elio Koba, with Kemba Walker starting to get some rhythm, I mean they really need to be 
in their A game defensively, or else this is going to be a very tough night. Uh, I think Monaco has the the best, the better team overall uh, because I just believe they have more solutions. And for Milano, it's like we talked about if if the guards don't step up because we know the front court's not the issue. I mean, they have like five guys who can play in the front court. Mirotic is the best scorer there, but the rest of the guys, you're not going to demand like Voigtman or Kyle Hines to score or Melly. So you need shields to be consistent and you need the guards to step up and to play a good role here on this game. Because if not, then Monaco, I think they're just going to run them out of the building because Monaco has that type of firepower. And if those guards are all available, which it seems like they will be, it could be a very tough night for Milan. Man, that's a, a scary group of guards that you just yeah. mentioned over there from Monaco. But uh, yes, I agree with you that uh, the guards from Milan will need to perform offensively on this game. That's crucial for Milan to have a chance. But uh, the other aspect of it is defensively. I want to see if Milan is able to pack the paint to make the life harder to Mike James to be able to, to drive to the basket and uh, force Monaco to be able to beat them from the three-point line. We know that at times Monaco can struggle from there, from, and from um, shooting from deep. Their three-point uh, shooting percentage uh, tends to not be the best, and that's a way that eventually uh, Milano can give them problems by packing the paint and using the size and uh, the big bodies that they have be able to, to impose themselves defensively against this Monaco team. Certainly not an easy task, but that will be a way for Milano to be able to, to be more consistent, to be able to to have a better shot to, to win this game and to start bouncing back from this uh, terrible start that they had. Let's move into the Friday games and we will have three games. And the first one is between Virtus and FS. We have spoken about FS. They showed some good things uh, at a point of the season, but uh, they again went back to their struggles. And uh, this is a very problematic game for a team like FS that have been struggling to to produce offensively and to find the the best offensive rhythm uh, heading into the, this matchup. And this Virtus team that. Uh, Maybe it's not the best team defensively, but they just play within a system and they are able to just keep grinding the other teams and the team that haven't found themselves like Efes. I think that they will really struggle on this game in Bologna. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very tough game for Efes. I mean, we saw how Virtus has been playing, the way they move the ball, the way they shoot the ball, and the way they play consistent defense because it's a team effort and yep. they've been there. And for Efes, that offense has been struggling and the defense hasn't been great either. So I think Virtus has a chance here to, to pick them apart and, and to just win this game because Efes should be considered a favorite, even though they're not because they haven't been performing. And Virtus definitely has been performing, one of the best surprises this season. So I expect Virtus to keep playing like this because they are well coached and they have very experienced players who know what they need to do to win games at this level. And Efes, I mean, it's a new team, but it's been five games now. So at some point, they need to start performing and to play at a much better level. So I think it's going to be a tough game to do it, but they should be able to to improve because what we've seen in the past few games hasn't been good at all. And if they keep this up, it's going to be very tough for them to, to make a run and to be a playoff team. 
Yeah, the, this will certainly be a very hard game. And we see by the, the averages of this team so far, like uh, Virtus has been a very consistent team defensively with 76 points allowed per game, while uh, FS has been able to score only 75 points per game. Offensively, that is something that we will never expect from a team that is as talented as FS is. And on the other side of the court, Virtus with their ball movement and ability to just find open shots and to, to, to score and to play at such a high level they have been scoring 84 points per game while uh, FS has been allowing 85 points per game and uh, this is a game that uh, just by the sheer fact of or the, of the way that uh, both of these teams uh, have been playing so far I really think that Virtus has the advantage heading into this game while talent-wise FS uh, has the superior talent as well they are nowhere close to the level that Virtus is playing and we know that talent can uh, show up in any given night and in any given game. But um, I expect this to be a very, very uh, hard road game for FS in, in Bologna. Next, we have a game between Basconia and uh, Partizan. And uh, this is a, a very important game for both of these teams. Basconia added Cristioza that uh, hasn't been announced yet if he will be able to, to play in this game. So let's maybe start to look at that. How do you think that Cristioza will fit with this Basconia team? And uh, I think that he can be a composite light type of player and a player that will actually help this Basconia team quite a bit. Yeah, obviously he can help. I mean, he adds talent and that's something that they needed. And uh, another guy who can score the ball and he, who can play make. So it takes a lot of pressure off of Marcus Howard. So I believe he can be a plus there. But, uh, I mean, I have some doubts that another point guard or, or another guard overall would be the, the stuff that they were missing. Uh, I definitely think uh, a wing player or a big uh, would be more important. But I do think Chris Kioza can, can help. So we'll see what he brings to this team. Uh, as far as this game, uh, I agree with you. It's a very important game for both of these teams. Uh, we talked about some disappointing teams and Partizan has been a, a bit disappointing. Obviously, the losses that they have are against uh, Olympiacos, Barcelona and Maccabi. So it's three losses that the other teams are very good as well. But uh, I expected them to play better. So I, I believe this could be a good game for them to start showing that. Uh, I do think they have the better team overall. They have they 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 are bigger. They They have more talented players, in my opinion. So I definitely think Partizan should come into this game uh, with a favorites mentality and just try to dominate Basconia because they have the players to do that. Uh, for Basconia, I think this is a game kind of like every every single game outside of this one, which is they need to try to outscore the other teams because if they can run and if they can get a, a hot shooting night, they, they always have a chance. So I believe that's where Basconia should, should look at. You jumped into the, the game preview and you were doing so well, I didn't dare to interrupt you. <laughs> but uh, we were speaking about Cetiozo for Basconia, but Partizan also brings a new player and will have a new player in Bruno Caboclo. How good it is for Partizan to be able to add a rim protector of that level? Yeah, it's very good as well. Uh, obviously, Caboclo brings them some, some paint defense because they were struggling a little bit. Uh, a lot of teams... We're, we're able to drive against them and, and to score in the paint at will. Uh, Kaminsky is a very good center, but he's not really a rim protector. So I, I definitely think Caboclo could help them. But uh, I, similarly to Basconia, I don't know if that was the position that they needed the most. I definitely think they needed a big, but 
that point guard spot, I I think they need a, an upgrade there uh, because Alexa has been playing amazing. But like we talked about on previous episodes, it can't be Alexa playing at this level every time because, uh, first of all, I don't know if it's sustainable. And this is not me questioning his ability as a player, but we haven't really seen him play at this level for this long period of time. So I think he needs help on that department. And uh, But but sure, I mean, Kaboklo would definitely help them and he'll be a, a very important player for that, for sure. So you are saying that they mixed up the, the signings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, if you look at it, it could be, if they can make a trade here, it, it would be good no, for both I, teams. I, I, so I agree with you about both <laughs> teams. I think Pasconi needs help in the interior. And uh, I do think that uh, a point guard could really help Partizan. But at the same time, I think both of these players will address some of the early needs of these teams. I think the rim protection and the... Uh, adding a consistency level to the defense of Partizan will be very important for this team moving forward. And I think Caboclo can add that. I even think that he is able to, to play with Kaminsky at the same time and they can have big lineups like that. So I'm excited about the way that he fits while they still need to address the, the point guard position or just in, internally, they will just play bigger and be able to that way go about it. Uh, but I think Caboclo is a player that will fit very well Partizan. And for Basconia, uh, they d- did have uh, good options at the guard positions, but uh, I thought that they were missing a consistent player there, and I think that Chiosa can can be that. So I think both of the signings are, are quite good ones, and that will fit these teams very well. But uh, I also do agree that uh, both teams should be looking into those positions to, to reinforce themselves. And regarding this game... It's about it's a very important game for both teams for different reasons. Botswana has been having a slow start, but kind of an expected start, taking into account the depth of talent within their roster. And for Partizan, this is a type of game that, uh, with them having a roster that uh, that can be a contending roster and a, a roster that has legit aspirations to to end this season. Uh, to fight to the very least to be in a final four, maybe to dream with more than that. They this is the type of games where they, they need to impose themselves and start accumulating wins after the, the two wins and three losses start that uh, they had. So this is a very important game for both teams and uh, for different reasons, but uh, I'm sure that this can be a competitive game. I do expect Partizan to come into this game and keep improving the way that they have been playing. We have spoken about it in the past. This is a team that uh, will be improving as the season goes, and I think this will be another step in that direction. To end the preview of this round six, we have the game between Barcelona and Paratinaikos. And with Paratinaikos, we have another new player. Uh, you already mentioned it. Nan hmm. is joining Paratinaikos. How excited are you for the five-guard lineups? <laughs> hey, if there's a coach that would try that, it would be. <laughs> no, I mean, jokes aside, how how well do you think that none will uh, will fit this uh, group? I I I agree that they needed a scorer, but probably a bigger one would help them more. <laughs> uh, I mean, for for them to play three guard lineups, I guess it makes sense. Uh, another guard and there are talented guards to the mix. Uh, I'm sure Adamant has a plan for that. I would definitely be looking for a wing there. But, uh, hey, it's what was available, and they ended up getting him. So he will obviously help. I mean, he has amazing talent, and he certainly can help a EuroLeague team. It's just I don't know if the fit is the best. That's the only issue here. 
but he's definitely a very good player and he's going to help them. They were able to, to gain talent. And like you said, they needed a scorer. He brings that. So I think he will be a good fit and I think he will be good for them. It's just uh, they have a lot of options and depth in the guard position and probably some of those options and depth will end up not playing as much. But it is right. It, is. Uh, it was a good player and a player that certainly helped them. We know that they are still looking for another player and probably they are looking to address the, the wing position and for a, for a bigger player that can help them on that front. But uh, certainly none will be a positive for uh, Paratinaikos and will be able to help them. It's just uh, because they signed so many guards and this is a team that already have, I think, 12 uh, new players in regards to, to the previous season. So it's it's just an interesting concept to to just have so many talented guards in the same roster, but uh, certainly we will keep watching Paratinaikos improving, and none will certainly be part of that, and a player that will be able to contribute for them. This game against Barcelona. And after Barcelona losing their previous game uh, against Real Madrid, I think this will be a very hard game for Palatinaikos on the road. I expect Barcelona to once again be able to impose themselves. And I look to Barcelona's defensive ability and they have been so disciplined and to play at a very high level on the, that end of the court to give trouble to Palatinaikos. How do you think that Palatinaikos can steal this game? And how do you expect this game to unroll? Well, I think I'm higher on Palatinaikos for this game than you are. Uh, I mm-hmm. believe having Mitoglu now I think Panathinaikos might have an advantage there in terms of size for the power forward spot because both Mitoglu and Juancho, uh, I think, are the best power forwards in the in this game. Not only for Panathinaikos, but in the game because Barcelona, they play Vesely and uh, Willy at the five. But uh, at the four, I mean, it's kind of been a bit inconsistent. They, they play Oscar da Silva uh, in the starting lineup, but Jabari Parker hasn't been what we expected him to be. So I'm curious how that powerful rotation is going to look like in this game because Mitoglu has been playing at such a high level and if they don't stop him, it's going to be tough. And obviously, when you don't have Mitoglu, you have Juancho and vice versa. So Panathinaikos has great options there. And I believe with La Provitola missing the game because I think he's still hurt, I think Panathinaikos has more firepower for this one. And I think that can be a big problem for Barcelona not having La Provitola uh, playmaking ability, his creation, his shot-making ability. And with all the guards that Panathinaikos have, I believe this game could, could fall to either side. And I think Panathinaikos has a better chance than you are giving them. Yeah, I for me, uh, it uh, comes down to trusting Barcelona defensive ability yeah. to be able to impose themselves into this game. And the Paratinakos have been struggling to, to be able to to always have their game flowing in the way that uh, they would wish to. But uh, this certainly can become um, a high-level matchup. I do wonder the willingness of Grimau to go to two big lineups to contradict that and how that will... Uh, work against the more mobile uh, poor forwards from um, from uh, Paratinakos that also have the size and I do agree with you that uh, that's a place where Paratinakos should try to explore and to impose themselves and also the ability of Juancho to motivate himself into this game and to take a step forward and start playing at a better level would help uh, Paratinakos but that's also true to Jabari Parker and he might be a very important player heading into this game. We can expect several good games in the, this round, and uh, we will be here to recap them on the next week. On Monday, Tuesday, we will be bringing you 
the recap of the day one of this round six on Monday. On Tuesday, we will bring the recap of the day two of this round six and also the game that took place between Milano and Maccabi. A very important win for Maccabi on the on this game that took place on Tuesday this week, a game from round two. And uh, on Wednesday, as always, we will be bringing the preview of the next round, the round seven. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any episodes that we release. Also follow us on Twitter. We always announce there when we have a new episode out. And as always, I'll be talking to you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you on next episode. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.